0: Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keene, a senior pastor. And wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message, that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. All right, tonight I want to speak uh, on the subject because we, cause we uh, started the year... And we were discussing and I discussed that the theme for the year is seek first. Seek first. The Bible talks about Matthew 6:33. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Everybody, we all need things. You want things. There's the root to it, Jesus wants you to seek Him first so that He can bring you the best of the things that He has for you. And so tonight I thought I'd talk on, and I just felt like these two words came into my spirit this week, which is, seek first God's game plan for your life. His game plan. I sometimes think most people don't have a game plan at all. They're kind of like, they're running in between crisis, (laughs) crisis to crisis, confusion to confusion. Uh, I'm lost. I don't know what I'm doing, where I'm going. They're running on nothing. There's no rail tracks. It's kind of like, you know, a Russian roulette. You know, you put the ball on, spin the wheel, hope it lands uh, somewhere good. Yeah. But God wants your life to actually run on his game plan. Yeah. Yeah. Not your game plan, yeah. but his game plan. And when it does, I can testify, so you can testify. Doesn't mean you don't have challenges. Doesn't mean you won't have things come up that you got to deal with. Doesn't mean you don't need to grow doesn't mean you don't need to make good decisions. doesn't mean you don't need to change. But you're running on the game plan that God has got for you. And there is a sense of security, a sense of knowing, a sense of peace that you can't get any other way. But for the fact that you know I am positioned and I'm walking in God's game plan for my life. In Jesus' name. So I believe tonight, again, is another divine moment. And if you're not yet a believer, can I tell you, it doesn't matter who invited you to church or how you got here or what you saw or you saw the website or whatever you saw. No, behind all of it is God. And God's coming to you. This is your moment now as He came to me 40 years ago. He knew He needed to get at me early because it was going to be such a train wreck. (laughs) So, but God's coming to you tonight and He's coming to bless you. He's coming to save you. He's coming to heal you. He's coming to free you. And He wants your life fulfilled. But it is a divine moment. And I pray tonight that God will touch you and speak to you in this moment. And that you might leave different because of Jesus Christ and because of His Word. I love John chapter 5. I'm always stirred by this passage. I'm going to read it to you tonight. And in John chapter 5, it's a very powerful story about a man who the game plan for his life currently at this time was disability and challenge and I'm sure pain and I'm sure isolation, but an incredible moment was about to happen. The savior of the world was passing by this sheep gate pool, the pool of Siloam was about to pass by and it was about to be a divine moment for him. Like nothing he had ever experienced before in his life. I believe tonight is a divine moment for you. For your life and for the purpose and for the game plan that God has for you. So in John chapter 5 it says this. It says, after this there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool. Which is called in Hebrew the pool of Bethesda. Having five porches. By the way, they discovered that many years ago. Yeah. And uh, it's, been, it's been proven again when they say, oh, no, that didn't exist. Yes, it does. Yeah. It says, In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Now look at this supernatural event. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he or she had. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity, that's sickness, that's a disability, for 38 years. 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he already had been in that condition for a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him, Sir, I have, no one, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Yeah. Jesus said to him, Rise up, take your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. Beginning of this story, everybody, surrounding this pool where there was this uh, certain time that came throughout the years when, you know, a supernatural event would occur and there would be a stirring of these waters that at that moment that, as you just heard, the man said the person who came in would be healed straight away of their infirmity. So it was drawing everybody who was sick and everybody who had long term illness to that place. Here's the thought again, and you know, I love it because the Lord just uh, many years ago jumped out and spoke to me, and I got touched by this passage because he said to me, Jared, I stir the waters in people's lives at a certain time. God stirs the waters, He moves in your life at a certain moment. I've got no doubt when i was really not a believer in god not a christian at all living wildly in uh sydney in uh crazy parts of the city having a wild li- wild not a good life it was just yeah. wild but bad yeah. and taking me down a track that the lord came and began to stir the waters of my life <laughs> tonight god is stirring the waters for you yeah. and for me February 17, 1981, I hope you know when you got saved, believers. Yeah. You need to make a note of the date, never forget it. Yeah. But February 17, 1981, at about 8.20, it was a Tuesday night. Check the diary, it was. And I, uh, that night, heard the Gospel again, after God had stirred the waters for probably the last six months of my life. And that night when I heard that message, God... Uh, Touch me in that meeting as I heard the truth of the Word of God. Yeah. The truth of the Word of God. Yeah. We live in a world of deception in every area. They're so deceptive now. From social media, from Instagram to journalists, they just are doing whatever they can to hook you in. Yeah. And everybody, there's so much propaganda, there's so much deception. Yeah. Good thing is my dad was pretty good at that game, so he kind of trained me well to be discerning of it. Wow. And uh, But I want to say to you tonight that when I heard the truth of the Word of God all those years ago, it just went through my heart like nothing else. And I just said to myself, as that pastor preached, that's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. I want the truth. The Bible says that men love the darkness more than the light. So the Bible says about today's generation, men and women, they love the darkness more than the light. And when you expose the truth to them, oh my gosh, the reaction. You have to be careful who you tell truth to because people are so living in the dark that they're so used to it that when the light comes in, they're so blinded, they react. And that night, I remember the truth hitting me and I was actually having a reaction with my brother. Because what the pastor was preaching was really my life. And I thought my brother had gone and told this pastor with about 2,000 people at this Christian meeting in Sydney. kind and told him what had been happening in my life for the last six months. And my brother was truthful in that. he said, as if I know him. And I thought, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but the truth was hitting me. God was coming to me. He was stirring the waters of my darkened heart. He was stirring the waters of my paralysed heart, if you like. And God was stirring it. Tonight, everybody, God wants to stir the waters of your heart. He wants to stir the waters of your life. If you've never been to a church before, if you've never gone around Christianity before, welcome. Because I know you didn't maybe plan that, but God did. He's planned it because tonight He wants to stir your waters. Yeah. Sorry, the waters of your heart. Stir your waters. That was my daughter-in-law this week. He wants, to, he wants to stir the waters of your heart. Listen. Because He wants to do a miracle in your life. Everybody here, God wants to do a miracle in your life. Miracles are not just for certain people, but they are sometimes just for you at certain times. The Bible says today is the day of salvation why is that because yeah. God says when you hear the gospel respond yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. and I always say that people respond now because yeah. you heard the gospel because the Bible says today is the day yeah. Yeah. so the stirring is today yeah. Yeah. you might have come in here tonight and if you be honest if you get really honest with yourself you know on the outside you're looking cool you walked in and he's like oh my gosh this person's really cool but on the inside you got paralysis yeah. you got pain on the inside, you know, if you be honest, you're not really well emotionally. Yeah. Maybe not really well um, mentally. Some people have got stuff that is just weighing them down. Maybe your body's not well. Listen, God has come, I believe, tonight to you because He wants to do a healing work in your life. He wants to do a healing work in your life. But it's at a certain time. You can't tell God when to work in your life. Some people are like, well, I'll get, re- I'll get ready for God in about 20 years. Or on my deathbed, just before I die. Why would you live your life when God created you for a purpose? Yeah. He lived, you, you live your life created for a purpose. You know the gifts and talents you have? Yeah. That you think aren't much, but they're like, other people are like, H-ha-? those things that are easy to you and other people go, how do you do that? Yeah. You ever seen somebody start painting and the next minute they're painting something, I can do a stick figure. (laughs) And I'm watching them, they paint. It's like, how did you do that? How did you play that? How did you sing that? How do you read a computer book this thick? Oh my gosh, (laughs) what is wrong with you? (laughs) I'll tell you what's wrong with you. You are gifted. Highly gifted. Highly gifted. God gave it to you, but he gives you the gift with a purpose. He says, here's your gifts, here's your purpose. Here's your gifts, here's your purpose. Here's your gifts, here's your purpose. Yeah. And tonight I want to encourage you, God is stirring the waters, but you can't tell God the time. He tells you the time. Yeah. And this paralyzed man just letting us know, yeah, the, you know, every time it happens, the stirring the waters, you know, I can't get in, there's nobody there, but blah, 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 help me. And that's terrible, but I'll just throw out too. I wonder if he knows that's the case if he's actually prepping for his God moment? Wow. Don't know. Oh, wow. Maybe he is. Wow. Maybe he's just got a genuine story, but it felt a bit when Jesus asked about it, it felt a bit like he was kind of blaming other people. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I'm not getting in there. I don't get in there and I do not get healed in the water because there's always somebody else. There's always somebody else gets the miracle. Yeah. There's always somebody else seems to be there. Yeah. There's always, I, I just, when I read it, I'm like, you know, I feel like you just kind of blaming this situation when in actual fact I wonder if he had a sat in those two years and thought this is changing. Yeah. Taking some of my money that I get for being paralyzed and I'm saving it up that that guy puts me in the water. Yeah. I've already set somebody up, ready to go, pre-plan, game plan. Yeah. I've got a game plan for my miracle. Yeah. I've got a game plan that when the angel stirs those waters, that he has been getting some of my money that I get from being paralysed and get, you know, an offering or, you know, people give me money and he's going to put me in the water. But it just seemed like he didn't have a plan. Everybody, when you don't have a plan, God does. (laughs) When you don't have a plan, God does. But we have to lose our excuses whatever they are. And I'm not saying this man wasn't, you know, in a situation where he just couldn't do it, but I'm asking the question, I wonder. Because sometimes we can help ourselves too, but we're making decisions that sabotage anything that could be happening. I think it's amazing how people have gotten near God, heard the gospel, this stirring of the waters, but they just sat there intellectually. No. No, <laughs> don't agree with that. No, don't like that. The waters got stirred, but their opinion ruled. Or their pride ruled. I could let my pride rule that night when I got saved. And I, you know, it had ruled pretty well up until then. But there was something about the stirring of the waters of truth. The stirring of those waters of truth that I, I realised, you need to respond. You need to respond. Right. Yeah. Not because it's working for me. Yeah. But because it's working for him. Yes. Yes. Everybody don't try and put a time limit on God. Well, God, you can come and do something in my life in about 2030. <laughs> I'll have space for you then. He's <laughs> the creator of the universe, everybody. Yeah. He created the whole deal. Yeah, right. yeah, the Bible says you come from dust. Yeah. Yeah. You came from the dust. Did you know, the Bible says, you come from the dust. And then he breathed into you. And guess what's going to happen at the end of your life? You go back to the dust. Then we're going to put a big gum tree on top of you. (laughs) Feed the gummy. I don't know. You go back to the dust. We come in with nothing. We leave with nothing. And he puts the breath into into us. You know, when I was in, um, before I went to Bible college years ago, God got me training in management in Sydney's biggest hospital at the time. I don't know if it's the biggest still now. But part of what I did was working in an apartment that was doing organ donation for people who died, but they'd written out that they were their, giving their organs to help somebody else. I'd never seen a dead body before. And now I was going down to the mortuary to see people, as many medical staff who will be here. When you first see a dead body, it's so interesting and a bit disturbing, but so interesting because when you see a person who's died, they're not there. They're not there. Whether it's a young, I saw many young people who died in, the, in Sydney. They have so many you know, accidents and drinking and so many young people. I, was, I, I wanted to go and put an article in the paper. Do you think know people are dying here in Sydney? <laughs> like it's huge. I go in Monday morning, sometimes there'd be 15 teenagers. Not joking, I'm not joking. But you would go, and I would say to the people who were working with me, they're not there. They've gone. Like, literally, the person is not present in this dead body. They have left the building. Elvis has left the building. No. (laughs) They've left the building. And so it gave me the realisation, oh, my gosh. God is stirring the waters. For now, and he was showing me, he's really showing me, Jared, life is so short. Life is so short. No one has, none of us have a, you know, a, there's nothing written that you shall live to 105. Mm. We don't know. I pray you do. Hopefully, if you want to. You may not want to, I don't know. (laughs) But God goes, I'm coming now. You came from nothing. He breathed you into being, and we returned to it. And God goes, I'm coming now. And then humans go, nah, nah. I'm right in the Netflix series right now. And it's just the best. And then after that, oh, Apple TV's got something on. I'll get back to you. Everybody, when God is coming to you, run to him. Run to him. Run to him. him. Run! Like really run. And how interesting that Jesus says to a man who's been sick for thirty eight years, can't walk, thirty-eight years, and Jesus says to him, Do you want to be made well? Yeah. <laughs> like the guy'd be like, What do you think? <laughs> Jesus knows. Not everybody wants to be made well. You're like, what do you mean? Well, sometimes we're so used to our current identity, which you might have had for 38 years, that our identity as a sick person or as an emotionally sick person or mentally sick person or spiritually sick person or physically sick, our identity is so wrapped up in that That we're almost, we're so attached to that that someone coming along and helping you out of that may be something that ultimately you don't want. Also, it's a source of income. Here's my tin. (laughs) Here's my stick that I walk, try and get around with. Here's my biggest cloak. You may be losing your source of income through getting well. All these things, and here's Jesus Creator of the universe, He knows the whole deal. So He doesn't assume, you want to be well. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus says to you tonight, He's not assuming. He won't force you to get well. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Jesus will not force you to get well. Yes. He won't force you to follow Him. Mm-hmm. He won't force you to have, begin to prosper. He won't force you to, you know, be happy. He won't force you. Mm. So even tonight, Jesus says... Do you want to get well? And here's what wellness is. Knowing Him. Knowing Him. (laughs) (laughs) Wellness is knowing Him, being saved by Him. What does that mean? It's through putting your faith in what Jesus Christ did on the cross when He gave His body for you, His broken body, His shed blood. It's being saved where you are forgiven of your sin. That is the most important healing you can ever have, eternal life. Yes. And so Jesus doesn't force us, but he does make it clear, mm. I'm stirring the waters now. Mm. Yeah. I'm coming to you now. Yeah. He came to Sue. Sue, Sue is, something you don't know, Sue was engaged to another guy. She was about to marry a medium clairvoyant when I met her. Yeah. <laughs> she's on, she was London. She was so Lady Diana Spencer when I first met her. Australia has worked her accent over. <laughs> but Sue came, right? She's going back to her boyfriend and uh, she's involved in that whole deal. And then she gets saved. God says to Sue, I'm coming to you now. She's like, not quite 18 years old. And, uh, and her auntie, step auntie, not even her real auntie, was a Christian. Just that Christian auntie loved on her, uh, just served her. She's she not even her blood auntie, and wouldn't even take any board from Sue. This woman, what are girls learn from this lady? And so, at the end of it, when Sue's returning uh, to back to London, the, Sue said to her, You have been so kind to me. It was like four months. I need to give you some board money. And she said, No, I don't want that. And Sue said, what can I do for you? And she said, we well, can do one thing. Sue said, what's that? She goes, I want you to come to the youth ministry at the church and come to church. Wow. Sue was like, what's a youth ministry? <laughs> and also what's your church? And, uh, but God had already set Sue up yeah. because Sue's musical. When she was at school as a little girl, she went at Easter, like seven, or eight years old, right in the middle of her parents having lots of challenges. Here's the Easter story. They sang a song about Jesus. And Sue said she remembered, not having any Christian background, feeling sorry for this man who went on the cross. And apparently it was for her and everybody else. Yeah. And she remembered the chords. Musicians always remember the music, right? That Sunday when she goes to church with her auntie, to the auntie's <laughs> there. Sue was like, oh, like I don't want to come to church, right? The chords in the song that played were the same chords from when Sue was a little girl. Same <laughs> And the night before, she came to youth, and uh, there was no one. We had no one internationally in those days in Penrith. Oh my gosh, it was just Aussieville, right? Anyway, when got up, she uh, Steve, Steve, who's coming to ride the stand, made my wife say hello, and she got up and said, "Oh, it's lovely to be here, everybody." And I was like, "Wow, You're very fancy." <laughs> and uh, lovely to be here. And she was saying, "She goes, I'm not a Christian." but it's very nice meeting you all, and I don't intend to become one, but thank you so much. <laughs> and she ran off the stage, right? And I just thought, well, at least she knows what she's odd about, right? You know, so anyway, well, that Sunday she got saved. Yeah. Wow. And God stirred the waters. Yeah. And then Steve Kelly said to me, hey, you're doing your Christian follow-up for the minute, aren't you? I said, yeah, he goes, do you want to help that English girl? And I went, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can help her out with the Bible. <laughs> and I've been following her up ever since anyway <laughs> so but everybody are you are listening Sue has a she had a boyfriend in England who she is it's very serious for her she's going back and God goes I'll stir the waters now I'll stir the waters now the miracle for you Sue is now the miracle for you Jared is February 17 1981 what are you going to do What are you going to do? God says, what are you going to do? Tonight you're here. He's going, the miracle for you is, wow, 9th of February, one of the hottest days we've had in uh, 2024. Uh, The miracle's now. I'm stirring the water right now. uh, Right now, in Jesus' name. Everybody, there's a miracle to be had. Do you want to be made well, Jesus is saying? Do you want to be saved? Do you want to have eternal life? Do you want to be healed? He goes, well, I'm doing it right now. By the way, everybody, if somebody's invited you to church or brought you to church, thank them for bringing you to the the well. The church is the well. This is the water of life is flowing through the Word of God. The water of life is here. Anybody who invites you to church, gosh, they care about you. They're carrying you, hello, to the Saviour. But there's also something so powerful about somebody who gets genuine desperation. Yeah. If you get genuine desperation and you go, God, I want to know you. If you go, God, I want to be healed of my emotional um, challenges, my pain. I want to get, Lord, I need to be healed mentally. I want to be healed of my body. Lord, I want to be healed in that my relationship with you is right. Yeah. And that I know that I have eternal life. Yeah. If you get some passion, <laughs> you watch what God will do. Yeah. And I love it. Jesus says to him, to the man, rise up, take your bed and walk. Wow. When did he last do that? Yeah. 38 years ago. Yeah. God says to you tonight, rise up, it's time. Yeah. Rise up, yeah. it's time to yeah. know me. Yeah. Rise up, it's time to leave your old life. Yeah. It's time to enter into your new life. Take up your futon and walk, yeah. says the Lord. <laughs> In Jesus' name. For a bit, he goes to Japan. Come on. I want to encourage everybody. Let God lead you. Yeah. God had a game plan for that man even after 38 years of infirmity. That's right. And he starts to take you. I love it. He says, walk. He didn't say run. Yeah. He says, walk. Yeah. Come on. Rise up and walk one yeah. step at a time. Yeah. Take another step. One step at a time. God doesn't say, hey, run now. You run. You've been 38 years, but now I'll run. No, God's like, no, take a step. Yeah. Take a step. Take a step. Everybody, can I encourage you that God wants you to walk with Him now in Jesus' name. And He wants you to know what's true. I'm out of time, but I was going to tell you another little thing, but I'm right out of time. But I just want to say to you, everybody, um, in life, God wants you to have discernment. One of the great things for Sue and I is after we got saved, became Christians, started to walk with God, He started to give us, by the Holy Spirit, discernment discernment. It's to discern life. It's to discern the game plan, you know, of God to realize where we were going wrong. We started having this wisdom coming. And I like what Charles Spurgeon said. Charles Spurgeon said discernment is not knowing right from wrong. He said it's knowing right from almost right. How good is that? Let me say it again. Charles Spurgeon said discernment is not knowing right from wrong. That's that's just, you know, you can learn that in the book. You can learn that because it's in your conscience. But he said, D- discernment that God can give is knowing right from almost right. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. Some of us are involved with things that they look right, but they're not right. Yeah. They're almost right. Yeah. Sue had a door knock after she became a Christian. The following week in Sydney from a cult came and knocked on the door straight after she became a Christian. And she came and told me, you know, as her new Christian counselor. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) and I knew straight away, wow, the enemy's coming to your life because you have touched what's right. She's got near a cult. She's got a boyfriend who's involved in it. And now the enemy's coming through a cult. He's not giving up because he sees the plan that God has for her, which is to be um, spiritual mom at Global Heart Church Perth. Amen. So he sees it and he's trying to stop it. But it looked almost right. You need discernment, everybody. You need discernment on what's right and what's almost right. Don't get taken out by what's almost right. We're getting propaganda now from the world. The propaganda is like, boom, propaganda machine. And it looks so, it almost, they're making making sin feel right. But it's ain't. You enter into it and it will take you over and it will control you. The enemy is after control where Jesus has come listen for your freedom. You need God's plan. You need to know the difference between right and almost right. There's a game plan for your life. It's a great game plan. But it starts when you see it's the stirring of the waters. God is coming to me now. Now And then what does you and I do? Both of us then were in God's house. Yeah. The waters were stirred. We weren't going to walk away when now was the moment. Yeah. So we said, right, held hands as we got engaged. <laughs> Not long after, walk forward to follow the Lord. Yeah. Everybody, He stirred the waters so he can be here. Yeah. He stirred the waters so he can hear the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. This is your moment. Yeah. Receive the prize <laughs> and the game plan for your life. Can someone say a big Amen. amen. Come on, can someone say a big amen? Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.